Hello, friends. Today we're looking at Marvel superheroes. It's clobbering time. Today I'm going to specifically talk about the pack and adventure that came with 1984's Marvel superheroes RPG, Day of the Octopus by Bruce Nesmith, and this is another one of these. Uh, beginning modules that's set up to teach you how to play the game. Um, it even sort of says if you just want to do the fighting, ignore the campaign bits, and it basically presents you with a bunch of set pieces. Uh, so let's just go ahead and look at this module real quick, and I'll, I'll give a brief overview of how the system, uh, the Marvel Superheroes uh, RPG system worked also. Okay, so the system used a, a 2D10 percentile uh, base system, and you basically roll against one of your abilities, and the abilities were, um, or the abilities are fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reason, intuition, and psyche. And if you've heard of Phase Rip, that's that, um, there's a game that's sort of the Marvel superheroes role playing game minus the, uh, the IP, and so it's called Phase Rip. And that's because that's the, uh, what the abilities are so then you basically you'd have a rank in your ability and you roll 2d10 uh, percentile and then you um you're checking your dice roll on the, on the sort of uh, table matrix and seeing uh, compared to your rank what you got and then there's uh different things you can get like miss hit slam stun kill shifting uh, on the sort of the chart and stuff like that there's all, all sorts of different things and so it was, it was basically that as a really simple system. It was sort of built for if you just wanted to do sort of like minis combat or standees combat because it came with a bunch of little cardboard standees, you can do it. Or if you wanted to have a campaign, they sort of give you rules for that. Um, they even give you rules for making your own heroes, uh, some random tables to roll on it, and some questions to ask. It's pretty cool. It's, um, I don't remember. I didn't actually remember that they did the um, character creation stuff in this first box set. There's a follow-up box set, which I have, and I don't have it handy, so I don't know. I'd have to look at that later to see what that addresses. Anyway, so that's the basics of the system, so let's kind of flip through Day of the Octopus. All right, so it's uh, the adventure is split up into seven chapters. Let me just give you the titles real quick. Chapter 1, The Mystery and the Meeting. Chapter 2, Ambush on 7th Avenue. I'm just flipping through. And, uh, forgive the page turn noises chapter three octopus hunt chapter four octopus garden chapter five end of the line chapter six what has four tentacles and destroys new york city and chapter seven is epilogue okay chapter one the mystery in the meeting so this adventure assumes you um are going to use these four particular characters. It says you can use other heroes, but then it would get wonky, and you'll kind of see why. So the heroes for this adventure are Spider-Man, Captain America, The Thing, and Captain Marvel. And this is the Captain Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau, which was, if you saw the recent movie, she was the daughter of Carol's like Air Force buddy. So the little girl at the end. Um, but in the 80s, in the early 80s, she was a Captain Marvel at the time. So they basically, uh, you start this, and I had kind of mentioned this, I think in my last episode, how it's kind of cool when you're able to do um, some scenes, some solo scenes with different characters. 
uh, sort of break out of the party mode and sort of do um, little um, spotlight scenes. And this is actually how this adventure starts. So I'll go ahead and read the um, little intro text for each character. Um, for everybody, the intro is, Today is a pleasant Monday morning, and Ben Grimm, Steve Rogers, and Peter Parker have some time off. Coincidentally, they're all relaxing in the park, right across the street from the 25-story tall Krupp building. Captain Marvel is on duty at the Avengers Mansion with Thor. And then the Peter section says, Peter, you and your Aunt May are enjoying an early picnic lunch in the park. Aunt May is chattering away about some new recipe she's tried. Sometime today you should go shopping for a birthday present for your friend Ned Leeds. He's a reporter at the Daily Bugle. Early tomorrow morning, the Bugle office is throwing him a surprise birthday party. The stores close at 6 p.m. today. The box for um, Captain America says, Steve, you promised to attend a veteran's benefit dinner tonight from 6 to 9.30 p.m. Right now, you and your gal Bernie are sharing a few quiet moments in one of New York's famous parks. And then Ben Grimm's box text says, Ben, today is a thoroughly depressing day. So was yesterday. The last time you knocked out some creep in that, uh, some creep that tried to waste New York, nobody even said thank you. Most people don't even know they were ever in danger. They probably wouldn't care if they did know. Tonight, you have to be at the ceremonial opening of a new hospital wing at 5 p.m. The ceremony will probably be boring, but the reception afterward ought to have some decent food. It won't be over until, 9, uh, until 8 p.m. And then finally, Captain Marvel. There's a little comic strip you're supposed to show the, the uh, players, and it shows uh, Captain Marvel and Thor hanging out and him sending her out on patrol. And then it says, uh, Captain Marvel, tomorrow at 10 a.m. you have an appointment to look at the new hydrofoil boat that's for sale. Your appointment is in New Orleans. Right now you have a good view of the park and the Krupp building from afar. So I'm assuming all these like references to exact times over the next couple days will play into the story um i guess we'll see but it's funny because like i don't know if i see that that often they're just dropping all these appointments and time frames that the uh, characters have stuff to do so basically um you'd set up this big map the, the box set comes with this big double-sided map and one side is like a big sort of park kind of like a central park and like the you tell the spider-man uh, player to put down the uh standee for spider-man and aunt may somewhere in the park away from the fountain you tell the Captain America player to put their standee next to the fountain. The Ben Grimm thing uh, player will put their standee uh, kind of on the sidewalk next to a street. And then the Captain Marvel one, I think, will just appear where her, her scene starts. So a quick breakdown of the different scenes are Spider-Man and Aunt May are hanging out, and she's about to get mugged. So you basically roll like a sort of uh, behind the screen uh, feet check for spider-man to see if he if his spidey senses um, trigger um, otherwise the thief's gonna grab aunt may's purse and then it's up to spider-man to sort of deal with that try to stop the thief um, for ben Grimm, he's hanging out uh, by a pretzel uh, oh he's, he's by the street and there's a pretzel uh, cart there and some local street thugs are going to start beating up the guy who runs the pretzel cart. And then um, if Ben Grimm doesn't do anything, they're going to send the cart you know, careening down the uh, street. And then um, Captain America and Captain Marvel, their whole thing is they see they both will witness a couple of thugs with guns drawn going into that big uh, Krupp building. 
and, and it's actually if you're familiar with the marvel universe like it's uh, one of the thugs is turk who, who shows up a lot and stuff and so he was in a bunch of the uh, netflix marvel shows but basically turk and another guy grotto go into this uh, building and they're trying to steal this mandroid armor and so you've got to fight with them and um one of the guys turk is trying to put on the armor and so he's making checks you know the gm is making checks for turk to see if he can get this like the gauntlet on it's sort of like power armor like kind of cool looking iron man-esque power armor so if he gets that gauntlet on then all of a sudden he's got some firepower behind him and so it's you're trying to subdue these people and so um at the end of that so everybody has their scenes and you basically they don't really cross paths except for captain marvel and captain america so you basically just handle them separately, and then at the end you can have everybody sort of converge at the uh, at the Krupp building. And so it's kind of cool. Uh, I want to kind of look at really quick. They give you some um, karma rewards because like a karma is a currency basically the players get that they can spend uh, to improve roles or to sort of um, nerf bad guy roles. You can spend forty karma to knock back like a a column like a, the um, a bad guy's hit would do to you or you can just spend like point for point um, to improve your roles so let me kind of and it kind of informs what they're expecting the uh, player characters to do in these scenes and and, and I guess that would kind of train your players also like if you're being Spider-Man, you're not going around just murdering random people and doing this and that. You're going to be Spider-Man that we all know and love. So, and that's going to be enforced. Uh, you're going to be. You're going to get rewards for acting like how Spider-Man would act. So, Spider-Man's karma rewards are: if he returns Aunt May's purse, plus ten; if he fails to return Aunt May's purse, minus five. If he frightens Aunt May so much she faints, minus five. And if he captures the purse snatcher, plus five. Captain America's karma rewards. If he keeps armor from being stolen, plus 25. If he captures Turk and Grotto, plus 10. If he damages the lobby, minus five. And then if he signs autographs after the fight, plus one. That's pretty funny. And then Captain Marvel's karma rewards. If she keeps the armor from being stolen, plus 25. Captures Turk and Bra uh, Grotto, plus 10. Uh, if she damages the lobby, minus 5. So that's the same as Captain America's. And then her different one here at the bottom is, if she tells the other heroes about the radiation she and Thor detected, plus 5 or minus 5 if she fails to tell them about it. And that was actually what was in the little um, comic strip you were supposed to show the Captain Marvel character. So that's it. So um, that's the opening to this scenario. And it basically would have shown your players how to do basic combat, how to do some um, ability checks, you know, your Spider-Man trying to trigger his uh, Spidey senses. And that happens a lot. You see in a lot of these modules, for Spider-Man in particular, you, you have him do that. Otherwise, it'll kind of um, inform where he's going to be in initiative. And then, um, and it, then at the end, it sort of shows you, okay, well, here's what you're going to get if you act like how these superheroes act. It's pretty cool. It's really simple. Um, I, I, it looks fun. It sounds really fun. I think I played this back in the day because I have it all cut up. I Everything's cut out. I cut out the sheet in the back, like poorly cut out with scissors, like the last page of this book that had all the um, the uh, block stats for um, all the bad guys in it. 
So I'm, I feel like I used it, but I really don't remember. Chapter 2, Ambush on 7th Avenue. We get introduced to four supervillains that show up. And so now you're going to get a big fight where it's all four heroes versus four supervillains. So, so the supervillains now have um, powers that they can use. Uh, they're a lot tougher than the thugs that we saw in the opening chapter. And they actually have pretty cool tactics that the, um, the game master is supposed to use. Like um, they're paired to heroes. So like uh, the villains are um, Radioactive Man, Scorpion, Fixer, and Beetle. And I really don't know any of these guys. I might have known them back then, but I def definitely don't remember who they are now. But each one is sort of paired to one of the heroes, like um, Scorpion attacks Spider-Man first. And then if Spider-Man's like out of range or doing something else, then he's got sort of like a chain that he's going to follow. And there's certain tactics that this guy is going to put a uh, blast a hole under the thing so the thing can fall in this big hole and have to get out. It's pretty interesting. And so um, there's basically a big brawl in like the lobby of this building or in front of this building. And what, what's going on is basically Dr. Octopus is trying to get this big giant robot. This is a big spoiler alert for the whole thing. He's, got, he's hired these guys to help him get some plans to make this big giant Dr. Octopus robot that's going to rampage through the city and just wreak havoc everywhere. Um, and so we're sort of setting everything up. The first chapter was just kind of getting you right into the game and giving you a couple of different challenges to try out. And then this was, this is now showing the players how to do like group, group combat with super power, like super power, powered villains and stuff. And that's the, that's the bulk of uh, chapter two. So then chapter three, let me flip this over here. Octopus hunt. It's kind of a weird chapter. This one is all about, um, a big investigation. So the heroes get wind of a plan of this, of Dr. Octopus's plan. So this is the time when you have them try to follow a bunch of clues. And it's actually, you know, for everything else about this adventure is pretty beginner friendly, but then this investigation part, these clues are a little bit obtuse and, I really don't think I would use it today. I think I would, you know, maybe they can, inter like if they capture some of the bad guys from the previous chapter, some of the supervillains, then sure, I'd let them interrogate them and get some pretty obvious clues. But um, the clues that they sort of suggested here are pretty, are, are kind of kind of deep. So I don't know, I don't know how that ever worked. Um, if anybody ever played this back in the day and remembers, remembers this, uh, let me know. But what happened, you'll, what you'll see a couple other times in this adventure, what happens is if the players aren't able to, to figure it out in time, uh, Thor swoops in and says, oh, I figured it out. Go here next. Um, and this, also, this, this chapter also kind of addresses, remember when I was, uh, uh, the thing with all the time, specific time frames that kept coming up, the appointments everybody had. And what this chapter tells you is like to do an investigation, it takes time. If you want to go talk to your contact at the Daily Bugle, that's going to take a couple of hours. And it gives karma rewards to the players if they keep their appointments, if they stick to the responsibilities that they have and don't just shirk them all to have this, you know, quote unquote fun adventure. So 
it's interesting. I don't know. I don't think that really is something I would push if I was running this today. Like, like you got to get make sure you get back in time for the um, surprise birthday party for your coworker, Peter. <laughs> like, I don't think that matters, but um, it's interesting. It's interesting that it's written in there, and I kind of I'm curious now to look at some of these other modules I have to see if they kind of kept on that thing, like like keeping track of your appointment book is important. So that's chapter three, and that's going to lead them to um, this big printing press kind of warehouse where they figured out where uh, Dr. Octopus is. And chapter four is Octopus Garden. And uh, this is going to be a big brawl. Uh, Dr. Octopus is here now. He's going to be in the fight. And any of their, those four supervillains from earlier, if they're, they hadn't been captured and apprehended, they're all going to be there. They've got more... Um, tactical sort of setups that the uh, GM should be using against the players, like specific players. Uh, there's actually a pretty cool trap that's here specifically for Captain Marvel that can kind of get her trapped inside this like circuitry thing. So I guess she can uh, phase. And so then she almost gets stuck in this like a mini game of trying to um, get her way out of this trap she gets into. Um, so that looks kind of cool. That's actually a really cool idea. I like that. I could see something like that being really cool, like if you had Ant-Man and um, some way to neutralize his ability to change powers and, you you know, a villain shrunk down Ant-Man and or kept him shrunk and put him in a little maze or something like that. Um, so that's that. And at the end of this, so this is where the, he's got this huge robot Dr. Octopus thing there. And kind of regardless of how the fight turns out, that robot's going to burst out of there at the end and start rampaging through, rampaging through the city. And so chapter five is a little different. Chapter five is basically if any of the players get captured in the previous chapter, uh, it sort of does like what happened in the first section of the game where it splits everybody up again into these individual scenes. And these are a bunch of like um, death traps, um, so let's just, let's say that everybody got captured. Then they've all got their own little kind of mini uh, trap that they have to get out of. Um, Spider-Man is locked in this basement that floods with water and a giant squid comes out. Um, the thing in Captain America's is pretty cool. Like Captain America is tied to like a post and the thing has been hypnotized and he's holding, there's this giant, there's a picture of it, which is kind of funny, this giant, like, kid slingshot sort of thing set up with um, the thing holding Captain America's shield and the slingshot aimed right at Captain America. So he, th the thing thinks he's, like, doing something good, but he's about to possibly kill Captain America. So uh, there's different things you can, um, this sort of, like, gives the player some some options, you know, like, how are they going to handle this? Um these are pretty cool little death traps. Uh, Captain Marvel's is kind of lame. She gets gets put in this like metal box that she can't like phase through, and so like the solution that they give you that would work is she has to like focus attack on like one little spot for like three rounds to break a hole through it, and then she can escape through it. And that just sounds so boring. <laughs> so like everybody else has kind of cool comic booky um, traps that they get stuck in. So I think for this, if I was running this today. I wouldn't do that one for Captain Marvel. But what I like I, I said, I really like I like the flow of this whole module in, in general. So if I was doing a, a comic book 
um, RPG, or you could do this straight up into fantasy or in sci-fi. If you got a team-based thing going on, start the game with some individual scenes. Let the players flex some different kind of muscles, uh, role-playing stuff, fighting stuff, trap stuff, um, traversal stuff, and then get them all together for a big fight. Then do your whole investigation thing, but I just don't, that's always tough in games in general. And so like in this way, I really don't like how it is in this one, but it's kind of like, I think of the time, I think they were always kind of like this. And then another big fight scene, and then the possibility of them getting uh, captured, I think I would kind of force that. I don't know. I really like I like the idea of them getting stuck in these death traps and also knowing that this giant robot is starting to rampage through the city. And that leads you to the basically the last chapter, chapter six. What has four tentacles and destroys New York City? This is the one where they've got to deal with the giant robot. And the giant robot is very slow, and it basically just wrecks buildings as it cruises down through the city or if it gets attacked by anybody then it tries to knock them out real quick before going back to wrecking the building and the main is very much like a cartoon or a comic book how they defeat this robot is on the bottom of its feet are these hatches that are its weak point that they can um, climb into or break into and then they can go inside the giant robot almost like it's a little mini dungeon map if they get to the head, they could do like mega damage there and knock this thing out. And that's it, you know. Um, and then the last chapter, chapter seven, is just an epilogue kind of telling you about some things that you can sort of do to end it off, some little scenes um, or like threads that you can think about as like um, stuff that can carry over into the next adventure. But yeah, so anyways, that is the pack and adventure for Marvel superheroes. 1984 is Day of the Octopus. I think it's really cool. I really want to, I want to try to run it again. Um, I've never looked at Phase Rip, um, but I'm curious to kind of see how they do all of this without the Marvel IP. I'm sure it's just comic, you know, superhero stuff. It's probably fine. But I do want to kind of check it out, and I want to see if they sort of did things the sort of OSE way and in, in clearing up some of the rules or anything like that. But yeah, this is a great... Very cool opening adventure. I got a bunch of other Marvel modules, and I don't really remember them, but I've got like an X-Men one. I've got a Thor one. I've got an Avengers one. I think I have another Spider-Man one. Um, I saw a bunch of them in my box. So I have to, um, uh, one of these days, I'll kind of flip through those and see if they sort of kept this sort of format going. Because I really like it. I think it's really cool. So uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. A link in the show notes to my anchor site. You can leave me a message. And uh, I look forward to hearing from everybody. And check you all next time. See ya.